Let's get it. Uh-huh. Oof. Let's get it. That probably feels like a gut punch, doesn't it, BYU fans? Final score, Gonzaga 75, BYU 74. The number eight team in the nation survives its final trip to Provo of BYU's WCC era. And this is the KSL.com Cougar B podcast, an audio-only edition. No YouTube channel tonight. Uh, but I felt like we had to get something out. A little postcast edition after another classic between the Cougars and the Zags in Provo. The last one they will play as WCC Conference co-mates. I guarantee this won't be the last time these two teams face each other. Period. Obviously. BYU still got to go to Spokane. Uh, but also in Provo. It's going to happen again. I'm your host, Sean Walker. Joined after every game or every game that I try to, but sometimes it doesn't work out, uh, by Ronald Weaver the Third, ESPN 960. Say hello to the folks. What's up? How are we doing, everybody? I think BYU fans are feeling a little bit hurt right now, Ron. Uh, if you had told any BYU fan before the starter tonight that they would wind up with a one-point loss to Gonzaga, I think they'd be feeling pretty good about themselves. But the way this one happened, it's probably going to hurt for a while. So let's start at the end and work our way backwards if we need to. Julian Strother, three-pointer with 9.6 seconds left. That was the go-ahead bucket. That was the game winner. And then Anton Watson, all six foot eight of him, made an incredible defensive stop on Spencer Johnson's potential game winner uh, in the final seconds. As the Zags survived their third straight game decided by five points or less. These Zags are playing with fire right now, Ron, but they're winning. And, you know, it's not quite March, but sometimes you just got to survive in advance, right? That's what it's all about at the end of the day. What happens and what matters is wins. They got wins. That's what happens. Yes, could you say that Gonzaga could well be on? They could well be on three. They could they're, be, but they're not. They're three and zero, and they've made it do. And it doesn't matter if you win by. Yeah, I'm pretty sure if they did half points in college basketball, Gonzaga, if they had hit that shot and somehow if it was a half point, they still would have won tonight. But a win is a win, and they're feeling pretty happy going back to Spokane. According to people that are much smarter than us, they were supposed to win by six and a half. So, I mean, I guess in that regard, BYU kind of walks away winners here. Covering that spread, little spready spread, uh, I'm okay with that. Don't, Man, I hope my bosses don't hear that because I'm not supposed to get that kind of talk. But y'all know what you're talking about. Y'all know what we're referring to. Um, let's see. Drew Timmy, another incredible performance. 19 points, 13 rebounds, 2 assists. Uh, 4 turnovers, though. A lot of turnovers in this one by Gonzaga. Uh, 16, if we're being honest. One fewer than BYU. We knew BYU was turnover prone. Gonzaga a little turnover prone in this one as well. Mark Few not very happy with that one in the post game at all. But once again... They survived because of the heroics of one Anton Watson. 14 of his 18 points uh, in the first half. Limited a little bit offensively down the stretch, but eight, eight rebounds, two block shots, a defensive stuff in the final seconds. He was very, very, very good on the defensive end. Even I felt like even when Watson was struggling a little bit inside, um, BYU did a lot of their attacking transition. He was caught flat-footed in particular there a few times. Gonzaga kind of had to keep him on the floor for this one, 31 and a half minutes, because of his defense. 
I agree. The Gonzaga defense, if you just look at the stretches that they had, were they in trouble at times? Absolutely. You know, the Cougars were able to be up, but because they kept them on the floor in the way they did, it allowed them to go. During, there were three different moments during the game that allowed Gonzaga to go on. I think it was three 6-0 to 8-0 runs. They got them back into the game. So his defense was big time, um, along with the presence of Drew Timmy as well. Yeah. Uh, shout out to the Zags. They win again. They were supposed to win. So let's move on to the Cougs, the host Cougs. Again, we mentioned it. It's the last matchup against Gonzaga in Provo in the WCC era. BYU's off to the Big 12 in July. They're going to see a lot of games like this. Will they see Gonzaga in that same Big 12 era? Stay tuned. Stay tuned. We'll see. Um, I have some thoughts on that. I have some opinions. I don't think you're going to like them very much. I don't think Gonzaga's going to the Big 12. I'll just leave that hot take right there. We won't explain it anymore. I don't think they're going to the Big 12, though. Um, but regardless, I do think these two teams are going to match up again. I just think I think there's something different about this game. It's not the rivalry. That's Gonzaga and St. Mary's. BYU is not St. Mary's to Gonzaga. But there is something a little extra special, a little extra juicy about this matchup. And I think Mark Few and Mark Pope in particular want to continue this series when they can and preferably on a home-and-home basis um, if possible. Maybe with a little neutral side action sprinkled in there, a little, little Las Vegas game, a little Seattle game, something like that. Um, let's talk about BYU, though. BYU, 13 of 25 from three-point range on the day, 8 of 16 in the second half. That was the story of this comeback in a lot of ways. They trailed by by as many as 10, got up by as many as 10, completely flipped the script after halftime, and a lot of it I thought was because of their BYU shooters in particular, Johnson, aforementioned, and Jackson Robinson, 5 of 10 from the field, all five from three-point range, 17 points. Also had three assists. Passed the ball very, very well. BYU in general passing the ball well. Uh, 18 assists on 28 made field goals in this one. But the three-point shot really kept them in this game and kind of put Gonzaga on their heels a little bit. I agree. When you just look at it, and Sean, you and I were there, there are times where I started writing my piece of like, okay, this is what – and then Spencer Johnson, and, and I just need to say this. I asked Mark Pope um, in the postgame interview, you know, about did he say anything to Jackson Robinson about that late missed free throw to anybody else? And Mark Pope says, you can't blame him for the missed free throw. He's like, hey, you shouldn't. There's a bunch of stuff. He's like, that wasn't the reason that we lost. A lot of people are going to take that as low-hanging fruit, as I would say, but that wasn't the reason. Way and too easy. Way too easy. You way can't, too easy. It's way too easy to blame him for that, but that wasn't the reason. When you, The man kept you in the game. BYU made eight threes in the second half, and he had half of them. <laughs> so if you want to sit there and say, oh, is missed free throws the reason that we lost? Okay, take away his four threes and see where you're at. Yeah, BYU shouldn't have been in this game. But on paper, there was no reason for BYU to be in this game. Smart people in Southern Nevada called this a six-and-a-half-point Gonzaga win. KenPalm.com, we worship at the altar of Ken Palm on this podcast. Uh, Almighty Ken told us this would be a four-point Gonzaga win. Uh, the net rankings were very similar. All of the advanced analytics, Bart Torvik, everything else, said this was going to be a Gonzaga win. But a lot of us woke up. A lot of us woke up Thursday morning and checked that line and saw six and a half points for Gonzaga and thought, all right, some smarter people than us know that something might be up. Turns out it really was a very close game, a single-digit game. Again, like I mentioned, an all-time classic. Um, And three-point shooting, huge reason for that. BYU is 50% from the field, as we mentioned, from three-point range in the second half. Gonzaga, just four of ten. They shot 34% overall after the after the break so BYU got out in transition well they shot the ball from three well uh what they did not do very well was something that they do very well most games they did not rebound 
Uh, 47-32 advantage for the Zags on the glass. BYU had seven, count them, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven offensive boards. I feel like that was where Gonzaga really won this game is they were more physical, they were more aggressive on the, on, on the glass, uh, and they really took it to BYU inside. The stat sheet officially is going to tell us 42 points in the paint for Gonzaga to 28 for BYU. That's bad enough. Felt like it was worse than that at times. And did, and Mark Pope counted it. Counted it. I was think that was one of the first things he alluded to in the post-game interview was we gave him 17 offensive rebounds. 17 and, when he, offensive and, and, and I knew they got out-rebounded, yeah. but I didn't, I didn't even look at the stats. 16 like second-chance points 16 second-chance points, and I was just – and you think about yeah. it. And here's the thing. This is a very stretch and a very hot take, but if BYU doesn't give up half of those, they probably run away with this game. They could. Because every time, every time BYU went up by 10, 8, or they got that momentum – Whenever they play good defense, Gonzaga just had a better second-chance opportunity to score a basket, and they cut into that lead. And they hung around, and then that dagger, three at the end with literally, what, what was it, 0.9 seconds left or something like that, it just it took it away. And credit to them for crashing the boards, playing hard. They always gave themselves a chance, and this is what I tell people. Great teams may not always know oh, – great teams might not always play well, but the best teams know how to win, and that was Gonzaga tonight. Yeah, Julian's rather two for seven from three-point range, but the biggest one of the night, the only game winner. That that's the only one that matters. Uh, Nolan Hickman also just one for five from the field. That three-pointer I thought was really big. Gon- yeah, Gonzaga was down like six or seven or so at that point, and uh, Hickman hits this corner three, just casual corner three right there to, to cut the, cut to within a possession late. Um or so, and and that really kind of ignited the fire under Gonzaga. Like, hey, you know, I think we can win this game. We're we're down ten with less than ten minutes to go, but these Zags have been in much worse spots. We alluded to it earlier against San Francisco, against Santa Clara. All three of these games now, Gonzaga has come back, really tested their medal, and they survived. They passed. It's not pretty. It's ugly. Uh, there are. Definite flaws to this Gonzaga team. It is not the Gonzaga team of years past. Um, Mark Few has even even alluded to it, to it a little bit with us after the game. But there's something to be said about a, a top 10 caliber team that just finds ways to win, right? I agree. And sometimes it's just sometimes the personnel. We talk about that all the time, whether it's football or whether it's recruiting personnel. And I don't want to take too long on this. But Strouder, the only two threes that he had to me were the biggest in the game. And if you think about it, obviously the game went in one, which was a dagger that put the lights out and broke BYU fans' hearts. But the one before that was the one where BYU is up 60, 68 to 58. Yeah, yep. And he comes down the court and he just yep. pulls a three and he hits it. And a lot of people are like, kind of oh, like a, a random three. Like a kind of, yeah. It was a random three. And it's, it's a lot of people, and in my opinion, I'm like, that's a bad shot. But it went in, and guess what? That is what allowed the run and him to get back into the game because if he misses that, BYU might put this game out of reach because that three was taken under four minutes. Right. When you get under four minutes to play, you're very smart as a coach and a player of how you want to run your possession uh, possessions because you know the time the clock is on is not against you if you're down. And for to be able to hit that three to cut it to seven and then to hit that dagger, he missed five of them, but it didn't matter because the two that he had were some of the most important, especially that last one. Yep. 14 turnovers by the Zags. That's something that Mark Few is definitely going to harp on with his guys after this game for sure. 21 for BYU. Uh, Still too many. Still too many. I don't think that's too many too many, if that makes sense, though. This is a team team that turns the ball over 
That's kind of just who they are. They like to play fast. They like to play free. They like to free... To, to be wide open. I think that's going to lend to some natural turnovers. Uh, 21 again, too many. But you get that number yeah, down like into like, <laughs> yeah, you get that number down into mid double digits. Again, 15 ish, 14, 15, somewhere in there. This is a much better team, even with a pretty high volume of turnovers, I think, for sure. Um, anything else left over on this game that you, that you want to mention? The uh, only thing that Mark Pope talked about, you know, from playing um, a former sport here at BYU and lose and being on the field when it's happened of losing a close game whether that be on the field or the sideline I love what Spencer Johnson said get back to work going tomorrow you got a Pepperdine team that's going to come in hot and I tell people this all the time whenever people play BYU because of how well BYU athletics is just done in general it's their Super Bowl so oh, yeah. for Pepperdine them coming to BYU is yep. a Super Bowl the waves want to win and BYU needs to be ready so you can't dwell on this so for all the people that are slandering Jackson Robinson cut it out and for Jackson and for the rest of the BYU team, get focused. You know, like you said, get back in the gym. You got a big one on Saturday and turn it around. There are no truly good losses. They're all losses. There's no such thing as a moral victory in my book. I hate moral victories. I can't stand them. But BYU did raise a couple points in Kimpom. They're up to number 74 with this loss. This isn't a bad loss. This is not a bad loss. Uh, if it spirals into something worse, it could be a bad loss. But that's, I think there is some confidence that this BYU basketball team can take, despite the loss, again, to a top-10 Gonzaga team. Uh, before we go, I want to give one shout-out to uh, Lauren Gustin. 11 points, 24 rebounds. Her na- nation-leading 16th double-double of the year in a 63-46 to win over LMU. Shout-out to the BYU women's basketball team. Finding itself a little bit right now. Nani Falatea, 12 points. Uh... Ari Mackey Williams, 12 points. Uh, again, finding their shots, doing what they do down there. Gussin's 24 points, two more than LMU. She out rebounded LMU by herself, 24 to 22. She did it again. This girl's a machine. She is a machine. Lauren Gussin is not human. She claimed a nickname. You and Bryce. He asked her about the nickname before the show ended, and she claimed that nickname. So she is the machine, and she's done it back-to-back games. Yep. Can she do it three times in a row? Oh, man, that would be something. <laughs> I'm going I'm to bet money on it. That, that would be something. This uh, is something Sean says, buy stock now. Buy stock now, for sure. Um, hashtag not human. Lauren Gustin is a machine. Uh, we're going to keep watching her. We're going to keep watching this BYU men's basketball team. I think the best, their best basketball is still ahead of them. Uh, I really do. Uh, came out of this. Feeling like if you're a BYU fan, you come out of this game feeling pretty good. Again, it was a gut punch loss in the end. No moral victories. They lost this game to Gonzaga. But it wasn't a bad loss. It wasn't a bad loss by any means. Uh, Not to try to put too much lipstick on a pig. A lot of things to clean up. Too many turnovers. Got to get better on the boards. Uh, Man, just imagine this BYU team can combine tonight's three-point shooting with their usual uh, dominant rebounding. Whew. Scary. They would blow teams out of the water. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, I mean, if that was the case that they did it every night, I would say going to Spokane, they have a chance. Yeah, I mean, I can't, sure. I can't say that, but uh, you know, going forward, because if they can, do that, if, sure. they, if they do that, sure. Yeah. But just if you think about the way they shot now, they would be able to put a lot of games away earlier, and you know, it, it would be. You could say you're more confident going into the Big Twelve, but this is good though, because I've said this in the past, and I've taken a lot of heat for it, and fans, you know, slowly starting to apologize, and other people that read my articles and everything. BYU plays up to their competition, and they play down to it. So this is good going into the Big Twelve because 
This is exciting, Sean. Next year, Kansas, Baylor, yeah. Texas Tech. I'm excited for this. this I don't know about year. you. So this, this is, is good. Year. This is. This if is we can year. get more games like this, I'm excited to see what oh, comes man. in the Big 12. Uh, bigger days ahead, brighter days ahead. Hopefully, we're going to continue being eternal optimists because being pessimists just isn't any fun. Nobody likes a pessimist. Um, we'll get you out of here with some postgame comments from head coach Mark Pope and Spencer Johnson after this game. That's what you'll hear next. But signing off for the night... Ronald Weaver the third, ESPN 960. Check him out at ESPN960sports.com. Also, check him out on the gram. Just kidding. I won't pimp your Instagram. I don't want to throw people at that. On Twitter. Only That's Twitter. for the special people. Yes, on the Twitter. Twitter. Twitter is Ronald Weaver 3. That's where at, you can find him. At Ronald Weaver 3. Sean Walker for KSL.com. Signing out. And uh, we'll, catch you, we'll catch you guys this weekend. We'll see you Saturday, Pepperdine. Clearly, we're, clearly we're super disappointed. Couldn't be more proud of our guys. Uh, they, they played their hearts out. You know, we can execute a little bit better. We can make some some uh, better decisions. We can come up with some bigger plays. But I thought the guys played really hard, and they were composed, and they were aggressive, and um, they they wanted to run into pressure. Um, I'm super proud of them. And congratulations, Gonzaga. You know, they, they made the plays they had to down the stretch to win. And um, so we'll move forward, and we got a huge game Saturday. I'll take any questions. Yeah, we were trying to go a goal game, and we we're hoping to actually, um, we we're actually hoping to put the ball in, in uh, you know, in a different spot. And Spence made a really nice adjustment and tried to get to it, and and just made a decision to to um, to turn down the go and and to use the ball screen. And they jumped it really well, and they did a nice job and got a deflection. And at that point, we're in a little bit of a scramble with time and, and no timeouts left. And it was a, it was a terrific defensive play by. Watson, who's a terrific defender, and so it was a um, you know late game, you know play exactly like you'd want it defensively. What's causing issues for this team against the press in late game situations? Um, just uh, just new and young, and um, you know we had the you know we had clearly a, 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 a you know a couple wildly costly turnovers and. and um, that is, you know, we're, 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 we're trying to learn to run to body instead of run to space, and that's getting us a little bit of trouble, and um, we get a little sped up, and, you know, right now we're, you know, it's just a, it's a learning process. And, um, you know, in those moments, guys are carrying the weight of everything that's happened over the last 40 minutes and everything that they're thinking about could happen, and, and uh, it's, it's just a little bit easy to get distractible and to get distracted, and, and we have done that. and. It's a space where we'll continue to grow and get better. Spencer, you guys were up um, 10 kind of later in the second half, and then things turned around from there. From your perspective on the court, you know, what kind of transpired that kind of made things go Gonzaga's way? <clears throat> um, man, it was all blur, honestly. Um, well, they scored really well in transition, which they did all night. I think we might have had a turnover or two. We, we might have missed a rebound or um, a defensive assignment. and. That's kind of what did it, I think. Spencer, once you get past the disappointment of, of the loss, what do you take from this as a team? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, it hurts for sure. Like, we were right there, and, and we put ourselves in, in a really good position to, to win the game. We just, you know, couldn't quite come through. But, um, you know, life and basketball never really ask you what happened. They just ask you how you're going to respond and what you're going to do to – 
to you know make it better and to move on and to get better so we're going to come tomorrow and we're going to work and we're going to you know stay together and we're going to you know f fix what we need to fix and um we're going to act like pros about it and we're going to move on to the next game Spence, what was working so well from the three-point line in that second half you and jacks in particular you guys had eight three-pointers i think break. yeah something schematically or um we were getting them also in transition, you know, we, we were um, pushing the ball down the floor really hard and it was forcing them into rotations and um, guys did a really good job of, of finding the open man and, and Jax had some huge shots and um, so that's what that was. Coach, um, considering the, the competition, the level of competition is probably the best overall offensive game you guys have had um, and I'm wondering what does that kind of tell you about the future of this team this season? Well, these guys continue to get better, you know, um, and and you know, I think they're hungry to get better, and, and um, you know, they they've been uh, incredibly committed to, to to growing as a team and trying to get better, um, and and they're doing that. We're we're finding ways to function a little bit better. We were a little bit better, for the most part, you know, just accepting the simple play instead of trying to make too much and. Um, we were good with the extra pass tonight, um, and you know, and we took a step backwards. We took a huge step backwards on the glass, and we haven't been abused on the glass like that all season long. And, and that's a major issue for us. That you know has been a strength, and it, it's it's got to be a strength for us in these big games. But that's also part of the growing process too, as you take some punches and and the things that you do well. And so, um, you know, it's growing is is messy and ugly and painful, and uh, but it's also exhilarating and inspiring and. And, and fun, and this group is trying to grow. We, you know, we have 48 hours until we have a, a massive, massive challenge on Saturday to see if we can, if we can keep growing. So, it's it's you know the 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 good that's coming out of the season so far is 100% due to these guys' willingness and commitment to grow and get better. You were shooting the three as well. If you were a total three point you shoot the three as well as you did coming into this thing. Did you feel like you would have won it? Well, yeah, I mean, we, we, we made a trade. I mean, we, we shot the ball well and we couldn't rebound the ball. You know, I mean, we get 17 offensive rebounds and, and that's just brutal. And we, and we didn't guard well from two at all. And we got lost in transition a little bit. So, you know, the game is always, it's it's never a one slice affair, right? It's it's, it's all the pieces of the game. And, and, um, and that's why it's really messy growing. If it was just one thing that you had to get better at, and it, you know, it, it would be real easy to stabilize, but but um, it, it's it's always trade-offs, and, um, and and so that's why you kind of grow in fits and starts, and um, and you know, we'll I, I do believe that we think we can get much better, and so the challenge for us is, do we have the juice and determination to, you know, now 20 games into the season to to get up tomorrow and, and come in uh, just starving and hungry to keep getting better. If we do, then you know this, this team still has some some great basketball to be played. Coach, Dan, any among you guys in the talk for Jackson after the game, I know it's probably tough on the road here with the team and everything, but has anything said to him afterwards and when you guys come back in the locker room? Yeah. The nice thing for Jax is that um, uh, everybody on the court <laughs> made substantial miscues in the last uh, minute and 30 seconds and so and, and, and including the coach on the bench um, and so you know that's not a you know it's, it's super important for us that we focus on the things that 
that we're doing well and the things that we can get better at and not uh, spend a lot of time um, indulging in self-pity or feeling sorry for ourselves. That it's, a, it's a quick turnaround to a monster game on Saturday. So um, Jax knows that. Jax, Jax is a gamer and a baller, and, a, and he's learning to be a great teammate, and he was terrific tonight. And, and um, you know, it's just it's going to hurt, and he's going to go back and forth and back and forth like all of us are. You know, I mean, we could point out the same thing with every single guy that was on the court literally in the last 90 seconds. So, um, so you know, we just got to do this together. He knows that. All his guys are putting arms around him, and he's putting his arm around all the other guys, too, that, you know, we had miscues down the stretch. How big of a missed opportunity was this to help expedite that growth process in your program going forward? Well, I don't like growing losing, you know. I, I, it's, it's, you know, I don't like growing that way. Um, but when you're growing, you have to grow through losing sometimes. And, and um, so, you know, we'll see. I mean, that story is still remains to be written. Um, you know, it's it, like Spence said. It's just that's just a matter of how we respond. Is this game going to make us hungrier and tougher and better and smarter and? And more dialed into the importance of little things, and more physical on the glass, or is it gonna, you know, is it send a spiraling? And that's the question that every athlete gets to ask over and over and over again throughout a season. And we certainly get to ask that question now, but it definitely hurts us for sure. It's a painful loss. Coach, you talk Last about, question. Talk about Pepperdine and matchup coming up on Saturday. Maxwell Lewis seems to be their best player. What, what kind of challenge do they pose coming off a loss? They might be the best pure offensive team in this league, maybe by far. Um, they're monsters, right? Like these young guys are—they're just straight ballers, and they just can score every way at every level, every single guy on the court, and um, they're a problem. And you know, I mean, in any any given moment, in any given stretch, um, every single guy on there is just ridiculously dangerous. Where you're like, there's a lot of times like I don't know how to guard it, and so they're they're let's get it. They're a dangerous group. Uh huh. Let's get it. Let's get it.